everyone. It's Sean Duberback from Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin at Reticle Research. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Techspansive. As promised, we're here to talk about all things Samsung. And uh, they had their big New York event yesterday. And so we're going to uh, unpack some of the big announcements. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, this is uh, the second year that Samsung has uh, had a, um, a, a big event uh, for the Note here in New York. Uh, and uh, of course, they're always trying to raise the bar uh, over what they've done before. And uh, this year, uh, they certainly continue to evolve uh, what, what the Note is. Uh, you know, the, the Note is kind of defined by the S Pen, the stylus. And we can talk a bit about that in a moment, but uh, really the showcase of the device, I think for most people will be the display. Uh, it is gorgeous, it is tremendous. Uh, it, it has a tiny little punch hole uh, in the middle of the screen, at, at the top of the screen, uh, center, I guess I should say, uh, center top of the screen for the front facing camera uh, and, uh, and an in-screen fingerprint reader like we're seeing uh, many more phones uh, feature. And, uh, and, and they, they've offered it in, I, I believe it was a 6.8 inch variety for the Note Plus. So this is the biggest screen that they have ever had on a device not uh, considered a, a tablet. Uh, and uh, they've added a few tricks to the uh, stylus, to the S Pen as well. Uh, now that it features Bluetooth, you can use it as a controller for certain things, and they keep expanding those scenarios. So last year, for example, you could use the little button on the stylus to, say, remotely take a photo. And this year, they've expanded it uh, with more sensors so that you can do gestures by flicking the S Pen up or down or, or rotating it. And uh, it's worth mentioning, this can happen a couple of feet from the screen. Uh, so you don't need to be, you know, they're, they're adding more functionality to the S Pen, uh, even when it is not touching the display. So uh, it's, um, it's very inventive, I, I think, the way they're using it. Although at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much value that's adding or if that will expand the appeal uh, of, of the device. Uh, the other thing I think worth mentioning is they are doing some fun things, not so related to the hardware directly, uh, with augmented reality. So they showed how, uh, I guess with the pen, makes it a little, little easier. You can scribble uh, little marks uh, and, and design elements uh, in an augmented reality scene, and it will maintain uh, the things that you've drawn overlaid on the scene. And, and this has creative applications, but also productivity applications as well. Uh, if say you are a contractor or an architect and you want to doodle, you know, a little um, measurement. Um, oh, by the way, I can also take measurements, but uh, a few phones have been capable of that. Um, you know, and, and then you you come back to where you were a bit later and you can share it with uh, some of your colleagues. Uh, that is some neat functionality. And one of the things I tweeted was that uh, Apple may be the farthest along and the leader in terms of consuming augmented reality, uh, but it's kind of neat to be able to create a little bit of it on, on the fly as well. So 
It's a very solid phone. Um, they removed the headphone jack. <gasps> Um, as, uh, as as many companies uh, have been doing, and that will certainly uh, raise some ire. Uh, on the on the regular note, they also removed the SD card slot. I, I thought that was a little bit more controversial in some ways, uh, but um, uh, you know, it's um, uh, the 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 prices of these devices are are high. The Note Plus, Note Ten Plus, is is about twelve hundred dollars. Uh, and the slightly smaller one is, is still a very premium device. So, uh, and Alan, I guess the other noteworthy thing that they've shown off is uh, this idea of DeX, uh, which they've had for a while, that allows you to use the phone interface or a desktop optimized version of the interface uh, on a monitor, full-size monitor and keyboard. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they have expanded that so that uh, it now works with laptops. You can plug it into a USB port and uh, essentially take over the functionality of that laptop um, using your phone software on the screen and using your laptop's keyboard to control the software that's resident on the phone. So it kind of begs the question, well, if you have a laptop anyway, why wouldn't you just <laughs> use the laptop? But But you do get a few advantages here. Uh, you can access any files that are on the phone without having to move anything. Uh, you, of course, get the benefit of the cellular connectivity. Uh, so, you know, a couple of noteworthy improvements uh, on the phone and on the platform. Um, I thought it was also interesting that uh, Samsung also revealed a new laptop, uh, a very ultra-thin, very sleek-looking uh, laptop that is powered by a Qualcomm processor, the uh, Snapdragon 8CX, which is the chip that's being used on these new uh, Windows on Snapdragon uh, laptops and an alternative to Intel. And it features very long battery life. And uh, I thought it was kind of odd that they had done their tablet and smartwatch introductions a bit before the event. And this was their, quote, one more thing, you know, their, their big surprise uh, in the tradition of uh, things that they have occasionally done at Apple events. Uh, and it, it did make an impact, uh, but it also, to me, kind of shows the complexity of Samsung's product line and operating system allotment these days and, and chip allotment. Uh, just in the small family of products that they showed at, at the event, you know, you've got an Android device, which is the phone, two Android devices, the phone and the tablet, uh, this Windows uh, laptop uh, and, um, and 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 the smartwatch, which runs on their mostly homegrown operating system, uh, Tizen. So it, it's a lot to manage. And when they talk about how they're straddling or overcoming platforms and devices, uh, they're kind of forced to do that, even within their own portfolio. And the question becomes: Are they really executing on it better? than other companies that play in both the Windows and, and Android world. Arguably, I, I think there's an argument that that they are. Well, you've brought up a lot of good topics, um, any of, of which we could dive into, Ross. Um, I happened to catch a headline that, that noted that uh, they removed the headphone jack to increase the battery size by 2 to 3%. So that gives you the uh, the trade-off value of that headphone jack that we 
we'd rather have two to three percent more uh, battery. And and I think that's the justification that Apple has used as well, uh, essentially for removing the headphone jack. But they tried to, uh, you know, the positive spin that they put on it was that, hey, you know, now you can use the same headphones on your laptop and uh, and and smartphone, uh, and uh, and you know, it's just one port with the charging port. You can use the same charger on both the laptop and the smartphone. So uh, that's the argument for consolidating around the USB-C connector. Also with with Apple, though, you've got uh, a really big push in that headphone space with the AirPods. And and those have garnered a lot of of attention and been popular among Apple users. And it feels still feels like I know they're alternatives to that, but it feels like they really haven't garnered the same amount of attention that um, that the AirPods have within the Apple ecosystem. Absolutely, and uh, you know they have their own offering. I mean, they've had headphones and earbuds for a long time, a far greater variety than Apple has, of course. Well, maybe not if you add in Beats, uh, but um, uh, they have the Galaxy Buds, you know, which are their most direct competitor to the AirPods and you can charge them on the back of the phone, which is kind of neat. You can charge the, um, the, the watch on the back of the phone, which is, uh, which is kind of a neat trick. Uh, but, um, but yes, beyond the smartphone, it's kind of interesting to see where their position in the market is, you know, they're dominant in Android smartphones. Uh, they are a very niche player in laptops. Uh, they are just about the last major brand standing in, uh, in Android uh, tablets. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think they've done just about as well as anyone besides Apple, uh, which is to say not very well in, um, in smartwatches. Uh, but uh, but yes, they they have that family uh, of products out there, and it definitely feels like with the announcements I saw yesterday, they're trying to expand the their screen spectrum, if you will. You know, I, this is something I talked about years ago. That uh, when tablets were first launching, I talked about how there was kind of a void in say five to fifteen inch screen devices. And uh, where portable televisions used to sit, there really was nothing. And tablets fitting in at the time at about 10 inches were starting to fill that void. And then we saw an explosion of tablets. And that accordion has since come back, as you've seen a lot of uh, tablets out, outside of, to your point, Apple and Samsung come out of the market. Uh, you can recall the time where there were Android tablets at every convenience store and every you know everywhere else you saw them everywhere uh, during the holiday season and samsung made them in about eight different sizes so yeah and, yeah. and so you've seen some compression there and at the same time their their move into you know into adding some of the laptop lines feels like you uh, are starting to have lots of different screen size options for samsung devices and if you think about where Dex fits in, you know you're you're seeing the way that we use these devices starting to shift and to change. And so I I think that's interesting to watch if we will in the future start to plug in our phones and want to be able to access it from the the, the functionality from the keyboard. I mean that's essentially what Samsung is 
enabling here, or if we'd prefer to keep that as a separate device and turn to it when we when we want it, still using that screen, but uh, but turn to it. Uh, to the point you made, I think being able to move content from one device to the other in a seamless way is is an appealing component of that being able to it, you know if you were remote on a laptop and you were working on a document you could upload that and send it from your phone so that could have some some application for some users so there there are some interesting use case scenarios that might emerge whether we'll move into an environment where we dock our phones and and have full capability and functionality remains to be seen but you could imagine it, it with some some things like Evernote, where you're using it on your phone, you're also using it on, on your laptop, maybe moving forward, you're only using it on your phone and you've got your phone connected to your laptop when you when you want to use it in that environment. So it could be, yeah, could be I, interesting to see how that evolves. I, I think there are a couple of interesting points that, that you raised, Sean. So uh, you mentioned Evernote. Um, one of the announcements that they made was that they were going to expand the ways that you could use uh, notes that you took in their app with the stylus, which is very integrated uh, into the user interface. And now you'd be able to share them to a wider range of apps. Uh, they had a uh, handwriting recognition, uh, taking you back to the, to the days of Newton, uh, although it seemed to work better. Uh, they had, um, and, and, and there was a, a huge focus uh, on, on the partnership with Microsoft. And in fact, Satya Nadella uh, was at the event and, uh, came came on stage and, and shared a, a few words. And Microsoft and Samsung have been working together for many years uh, on uh, certainly on the laptop side. But but now that Microsoft is out of mobile, it has probably opened the door for a broader range of uh, of collaboration and uh, things like uh, being able to. Uh, access virtual Windows machines uh, through DeX uh, and um, uh, support for, uh, you know, for support for things like when my Samsung phone rings, uh, I'm able to pick up that call uh, on the PC and, and take that call. Uh, so th those are good examples of breaking down barriers. Uh, I just, uh, again, don't know how much they're really doing there that isn't that that doesn't have broader support with with other pc vendors um and the last thing i would say about dex you know it, it is it has been i think a good differentiator for them over the past couple of years and they've evolved it nicely but there is going to be a feature in android q uh, the next version of android that is uh, entering its uh, last testing beta now that will essentially provide that kind of functionality to essentially any phone supporting it. So, you know, does Dex have a leg up? Probably. They've been working on it for a while, but uh, it, it just goes to show how challenging it is to try to get too far ahead of, of what's happening in, in, in a widely licensed operating system. And I think that's going to be a, a, a struggle for Samsung moving forward. Clearly, the, the hardware advancements that we're seeing in smartphones is slowing, despite the premium products that are continuing to push forward. The rate of change is certainly slowing. Price points on premium products are extremely high. 
and you have a lower tier of manufacturers who are producing with a similar similar operating system that offer many of the similar or comparable hardware specs obviously not not top of the line not premium but coming in at a lower price point and at at, at some point uh, that may be enough for Absolutely. consumers and even, so even i would say for a, a fairly sophisticated user i mean some of these phones from oneplus of course huawei has issues here but um you know a, a lot of these chinese vendors they are not terrible phones by any stretch they are excellent phones uh in, in many respects yeah and i think you you see the innovators dilemma here right it's playing out where uh samsung has essentially ceded that lower tier hardware to these these other providers and is focusing on the premium product. And at the same time, those lower tier continue to improve and continue to get better mm-hmm. and are, are moving up the value chain. And so that that's a very difficult place to be. And, and uh, it, you know, it looks like it's the innovators dilemma playing out yet again in another category. And, and it obviously separates Apple from the mix because they still are banking on, the value of their unique operating system being a, a key differentiator, even when hardware specs are comparable across many, many handsets. And, and I, I would say that the two places for these companies to go are services, which we've talked about at a tremendous length uh, on the podcast, uh, and, uh, and, and enterprise. Right. So sure. that's part of what's uh, the other thing that's fueling these uh, uh, higher, higher device prices. I think the challenge is that there are a couple of interesting future looking kinds of products like like the smartwatch potentially or the, you know, some potential things with augmented reality. But none of them are even close to the point where they're breaking out. Uh, and, and reaching a large enough audience uh, where, you know, it, it can significantly replace uh, I- income that, uh, com- you know, these companies are losing as, as the smartphone market pools. Yeah. And at the same time, we really haven't started to see, you know, you talked a little bit in the last episode of TechSpansive about some of these other operating systems that are starting to come online, it, they, they really haven't yet garnered significant share in the marketplace. So it'd be interesting to see what the next 24 months brings. And if we do start to see some fragmentation in not only hardware, but also in the, the software uh, element of, of smartphones. And, and, you know, that might be why you see Samsung investing in some of these features like the S Pen. Uh, I saw a note from Samsung that 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 they uh, noted that over 90% of U.S. Note users actively use the, the S Pen. What what actively means wasn't <laughs> well defined, but um, you can see that they they're looking at that that user data and definitely doubling down on it. In addition to all of the other features that people are looking for in a smartphone: quicker recharge, bigger battery, long longer battery life. Uh, you, you know, you definitely saw those aspects touted in the release yesterday where they were talking about upping the charging 
time and uh, or you know the, the charging power so that it would charge more quickly and some of these other things that continue to hinder device owners and how they use the devices. Yeah, you know, as I said earlier, the device is defined by the S Pen in many ways, but but they certainly also consider it their uh, highest tier premium product, the one that appeals to the most performance craving uh, customers, whether it's productivity, battery life, even gaming. Uh, so, you know, kind of helps paint a picture of exactly uh, the challenge before the the Galaxy Fold, uh, which is now due in September, which was not mentioned at all uh, yesterday at, at the event, uh, but uh, but you know it's going to have to carve out a space. Um, I, you know, there's a, I, I think a huge uh, emphasis there on productivity as well. But but the Note uh, is their flagship. You know, the the S10 uh, is their most direct iPhone competitor, uh, and the the Note is something that they feel, hey, you know, they, they essentially have that market to themselves for however large it is, but it's certainly large enough uh, that they feel they can now uh, expand the product line into, uh, you know, two main variations, whereas before there was only one. Yeah, and obviously you hope to attract users from the sidelines and bring people to the node who who might have been holding off. But it it certainly comes with a, a hefty price point. Both the the note and the note ten plus uh, mm-hmm. come at come at high price points. Probably a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us for another quick episode of Tech Expansive. Again, I'm Sean Dubervac, and you can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac. And I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Techspansive. Expansive. <laughs>